Welcome everyone to Kingdom Rock Radio. We pray that you will enjoy today's message. Now here's a sample of what you'll be hearing today. And so you, my brother, you, my sister, you don't have to live in the past and you don't have to live in fear because Jesus, he died for you. He took on every sin of the world so that we can live in righteous standing with him. Kingdom Rock Radio is an outreach ministry of Kingdom Rock Family Worship Center located right here in Bremen, Georgia. You can connect with us at our website at www.kingdomrock.org. And now, here is today's message. Welcome to the Kingdom Rock Network. How are you all doing tonight? I'm so glad for you all to be back with me again on tonight. Uh, my name is Kendrick Scott, and we are going to deal with the uncovering of Satan, part three. Again, we're going to deal with the uncovering of Satan, part three. So, wherever you are, if you're in the living room, if you're in your bedroom, if you're riding in the car, uh, let's get ready to... Uh, enjoy this this bible study type style teaching so go ahead and grab your pens notepads or whatever you need or however you study the word of god grab your bibles and uh let's get right on into this thing so tonight we're going to talk about uh the names different names of satan uh as there are several different names of satan uh that we, and we'll go through the scripture we, we're, we're not going to get through all of them on tonight however we're going to deal with the names of satan as well as the nature that ties along with that name, and we're going to deal with it in Scripture. So um, we're going to look at this fallen archangel, as we've talked about in the past two sessions. And so let's, let's jump right on into this thing. The first name we're going to deal with is Satan. Uh, Satan, which means adversary. He's a hater, and he is our opponent as well as our enemy. Uh, the name Satan is used about 52 times in the Bible. So the word adversary means that he causes conflict or making false statements or create negative deceptions, okay, or depictions. So let's go to our first scripture to really paint the picture of Satan showing up on scene and um, being that adversary as he, as we see the nature of him in this. So uh, let's go to First Chronicles 21, uh, 1 through 17, the CV version. Uh, I'm really I'm going to go through all 17 verses um, just for the sake of clarity so that you can really see exact. So you can really see the nature of Satan um, in the scripture. All right. So first Chronicles 21, uh, we're going to start at verse one. It says Satan decided to cause trouble for Israel by making David think it was a good idea to find out how many people there were in Israel and Judah. David told Joab and the army commanders, count everyone in the Israel, excuse me, count everyone in Israel from the town of Beersheba in the south all the way north to Dan. Then I will know how many people can serve in my army. Joab answered, your majesty, even if the Lord made your kingdom a hundred times larger, you would still rule everyone in it. Why do you need to know how many soldiers there are? Don't you think that don't you think that would have that would make the whole nation angry? Verse 4 says, but David would not change his mind. And so Joab went everywhere in Israel and Judah and counted the people. He returned to Jerusalem and told David that the number of the men who could serve in the army was 1,100,000. 
in Israel and 470,000 in Judah. Joab refused to include anyone from the tribes of, Le of Levi and Benjamin because he still disagreed with David's order. Now, watch this uh, because we, remember, Satan decided to cause trouble for Israel. Okay, so this so Satan showed up on the scene and he's speaking to David. All right, so he moved David to do this. So David's verse seven says David's order to count the people. Watch this made God angry, and he punished Israel. David prayed, "I am your servant, but what I did was stupid and terribly wrong. Please forgive me." So David acted out of pride, out of uh, and had a boastful mentality. Uh, because he wanted to go around and count how many that he had in the army versus how many they had in the army. But how many of you all know that with God, the numbers don't matter? It doesn't matter when it comes to God. God can take just a few or a little bit and do great and mighty things. And so that's why God was angry with David, because he was acting out of a prideful state or a prideful mentality. Because uh, you know how some people say, oh, well, I got the most this, I got the most that. Oh, I got more than you and, and you don't have enough. And so because I have this many, we won. But God can take the least amount of people and still win. Amen. Verse 9 says, The Lord said to Gad, one of David's prophets, Tell David that I will punish him in one or three ways, but he will have to choose which one it will be. Verse 11 says, Gad went to David and told him, You must choose how the Lord will punish you. Will there be three years when the land won't grow enough food for this people? Or will your enemies constantly defeat you for three months? Or will the Lord send a horrible disease to strike your land for three days? Think about it and decide because I have to give you an answer to God who sent me. Verse 13 says, David was miserable and said, it's a terrible choice to make. But the Lord is kind and I'd rather be punished by him than by anyone else. Verse 14 says, so the Lord sent a horrible disease on Israel and 70,000 Israelites died. Woo. So because of the choice that David made to sin against God, it caused 70,000 people to die. Okay, watch this. He says, verse 15 says, then he sent an angel to destroy the city of Jerusalem. But as the angel was about to do that, the Lord felt sorry for them. He felt sorry for all the suffering he had caused the people and told the angel to stop. They have suffered enough. This happened at the threshing place that belonged to Aruna, the Jebusite. Verse 16 says, David saw the Lord's angel in the air holding a sword over Jerusalem. He and the leaders of Israel who were all wearing sackcloth, bowed with their faces to the ground. And David prayed, it's my fault. I sinned by ordering the people to be counted. Excuse me, to be counted. They have had nothing, they have done nothing wrong. They are innocent sheep. Lord God, please punish me and my family. Don't let this disease wipe your people out. So because of the sin of David, 70,000 people died. And Satan showed up on the scene just to cause trouble. 
Again, he is an adversary as well as a hater, as well as our opponent. He's our enemy. He doesn't want to see anything good happen for God's people. So Satan is going to show up in any moment or any given time to cause trouble or to wreak havoc. That, as we're looking at the nature of Satan, we're going through it in Scripture. So, again, uh, we're going to look at the nature of Satan as we go to Job 1. 6 through 12, a very familiar passage of scripture. It says, one day when the angels had gathered around the Lord and Satan was there with them, the Lord asked Satan, where have you been? Satan replied, I have been going all over the earth. Then the Lord asked, what do you think of my servant Job? No one on earth is like him. He is truly a good person who respects me and refuses to do evil. Why shouldn't he respect you, Satan remarked. You are like a wall protecting not only him, but his entire family and all his property. You make him successful in whatever he does, and his flocks and his herds are everywhere. Try taking away everything he owns, and he will curse you to your face. The Lord replied, all right, Satan, do what you want with anything that belongs to him, but don't harm Job. The Bible says, then Satan left. Here we find Satan hating on Job, and he doesn't want Job to have anything that God has blessed him with. Okay? So Satan wants to take down uh, all of Job's possessions. He wants to take all of Job's flock. And he doesn't want Job to have anything because he wants Job to sin and to fall just like he did. So think about it, uh, saints of God. That if Satan fell from Christ, if Satan fell from his high, his high authority, just as I spoke about in uh, part one and part two, he is going to do the same to try to make each and every one of us fall as well. Satan does not want us to have possessions. Satan does not want us to have um, authority. Satan does not want us to have uh, land or money or any of those type of things or positions. Satan wants us to curse God so that we can fall from fall with pride as well as our own wisdom, which is demonic. So Satan does not want to see us do good in any area of our life. And so that's why he is hating on Job and he is attacking the person as well as the uh, surroundings of Job. Because why? He's an adversary. He's a hater. He's our enemy. And that's his job. Notice Job 1 and 7. So he couldn't get Job, he couldn't get Job to curse God to his face when he took all his possessions. Now notice in Job chapter 2 what he tries to do now. When the angels gathered around the Lord again, Satan was there with them, and the Lord asked Satan, where have you been? Satan replied, I've been going all over the earth. Then the Lord asked, what do you think of my servant Job? Remember, Satan already showed up one time in chapter 1. And God told him, hey, you can do anything you want to do. Just don't, just don't mess with his soul. Don't harm his body. So Satan is already, if you go back and read all of chapter 1, Satan has already attacked the houses. He's already attacked his children. He's already attacked all of Job's livestock. And through all of that, Job still did not sin. Job still did not fall. Job still referenced and respected God. Notice verse 3. Then the Lord asked, what do you think of my servant Job? No one on earth is like him. He is truly good. 
he is truly a good person who respects me and refuses to do evil. Watch this. This is what I love. And he hasn't changed. Even though you persuaded me to destroy him for no reason. Even Satan trying to persuade God to destroy his own people, as God said, for no reason. Verse 4 said, Satan answered, there's no pain like your own. People will do anything to stay alive. Listen how cunning and crafty Satan is talking. Try striking Job's own body with pain and he will curse you to your face. Satan is so confident about that Satan is not omnipotent, so he doesn't know all things. Only God knows all things. So Satan, he, he, he is so confident that because he strikes the body of Job, that Job is going to uh, curse God to his face. But look at the confidence of the Lord. He says, all right, the Lord replied, make Job suffer as much as you want, but just don't kill him. Satan left and calls Painful sores to break out all over Job's body from the head to toe. And if you continue to read in Job chapter 2, uh, you'll see how Job never cursed God. Job was faithful to God until the very end. And because of that, and you read through the book of Job, he was blessed double for his trouble. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Next scripture, uh, Zechariah chapter 3, 1 through 2. It says, I was given another vision. Look how Satan shows up. This time, Joshua, the high priest, was standing in front of the Lord's angel. And there was, who is this? Satan, standing at Joshua's right side, ready to accuse him. But the Lord said, Satan, you are wrong. Jerusalem is my chosen city. And this man was rescued. Watch this. Look at the illustration, how the CEV version gives it. He was rescued like a stick from a flaming fire. Whoo, good gosh. Look at this. Satan, the opponent, the opposer. He is, the, he is on the opposite team. All he wants to do is accuse God and accuse us against God to get us to turn our back on God. But God said that this man was rescued out of the fire, like was rescued like a stick in a burning fire. So God is our advocate. God is our, as you would say, our superhero. God is rescuing us from the very hands of Satan. So Jesus, amen. Oh, I'm getting ahead of myself. But Jesus is the one who was sent down to earth to conquer everything that Satan tries to throw at God's people. So I thank God for Jesus. Amen. You ought to just tap, you ought to just clap your hands and say, I thank God for Jesus because Jesus has is showed up. He's my lawyer and he, and he's, and he is protect. He is, watch, hold on. Jesus is my lawyer. Okay, and we're in the courtroom and Jesus is representing me against Satan. Isn't that amazing? Jesus is representing you against Satan. So the, all the false accusations that Satan is trying to throw against you, Jesus, I mean, the Lord simply said, he said in verse two, but the Lord said, Satan, you are wrong. He's wrong. So don't allow the enemy to influence your mind and make you to think that you're somebody that you're not because he's wrong. 
Tell Satan he's wrong when he tries to when he tries to deter you off the track that God has for you. Tell Satan he's wrong. Tell Satan you ain't going out like that. You speak to every you speak to every demonic spirit and every demonic force. Satan has no power over you. He has no power over you. His power is limitless. He can only do unto you what he what is what the authority that is given to him by God. Notice in Job, God gave Satan the authority to attack God to attack Job. God gave Satan the authority to go after his body. Come on. We, we got to understand that. We got to believe that. All right. First Kings 11 and 1. Notice how uh, Satan has influenced Solomon to disobey and turn his heart away from God. Look at this. First Kings 11 and 1. It says, now King Solomon loved many foreign women. Besides Pharaoh's daughter, he married women from Moab, Ammon, Edom, Sidon, Sidon, and from among the Hittites. Verse 2 says, the Lord had clearly instructed the people of Israel, you must not marry them because they will turn your hearts to their God. Yet Solomon insisted on loving them anyway. Verse 3 says he had 700 wives of royal birth and 300 concubines. And in fact, they did turn his heart away from the Lord. Amen. Don't get caught up in stuff that's going to turn your heart away from the Lord. Amen. Let's not be like Solomon. The enemy, again, he comes in like a thief to kill, steal, and destroy. He wants to destroy us and he wants to turn our hearts away from the Lord. And just like Solomon he disobeyed God. God gave him simple instruction. Don't intermingle with them. I think the King James Version says it like this. He told them, don't even intermarry. Don't even, don't even fool with those people. If they coming on the left side of the street, you go way on the right side of the street. Don't even get tangled up with them because they're going to seduce you and they're going to, have, and they're going to cause you to fall in love with their gods, little g, fall in love with their gods, idolatry, sexual immorality, all of this kind of paganism and all this kind of stuff that, that, that people are so easily caught up in and they don't even realize how they got caught up in it. But Satan uses these things as an accuser, as a hater, uh, and as the opponent, as the enemy to lure us away from God. Amen. Let's look at the next name and the next trait. Um, the next name is the devil. Okay. Um, and the ten, and the the number, the, uh, the characteristics along with the devil is he is a tempter. He is the attempt. He's the tempter. He's an accuser as a slanderer and a whisperer. He slanders God to man and man to God. The word devil is used about 35 times in the Bible. All right. So the word slander is uh, making false statements uh, against against someone and causing negative to be upon their character. All right. So look at uh, Matthew. Let's look at Matthew 4 and 1. It says, then Jesus was led up by the spirit into the wilderness to be wet, tempted by the devil. There his characteristic is. As you see the name, you see the characteristic. The characteristic, then you see the name. Okay. This is all right here in scripture. So Matthew 4 and 1 says, Jesus then was led up by the spirit to the wilderness to be wet, tempted. That's the characteristic, the nature of Satan. And then his name, the devil. All right. Uh, verse uh, Matthew 13, 36 to 39 says, then Jesus sent the multitude away and went to the house. And his disciples came to him saying, explain to us the parables of the terrors of the, of the field. 
He answered, verse 7, verse 37, he answered and said to them, He who sows the good seed is the son of man. The field is the world. The good seeds are the sons of the kingdom. But the tares of the tares are the sons of the wicked one. Verse 39 says, the enemy who sowed them is the devil. Okay, so the tares are evil doctrines and um, are like weeds. They are weeds and they are weeds that choke up and uh, cause, uh, 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 what's the word I want to look for? Uh, they choke up as well as they cause, um, they stunt the growth of other plants that are around them. And so uh, the son, the son of God planted good seeds into the ground. But then the enemy came around and he planted bad seeds that was going to choke the life out of what was good. Okay. And so the one who done that, the Bible calls him the wicked one, which is the devil. Okay. So he is a slanderer. Okay. He's ruining the reputation of the good ones and those that are around you. Okay. So be careful in, in, in your associated groups of those that are around you because they may be trying to sow tears or sow discord into your life and you don't need that. All right. Let's look at it as well. In John 8 and 44 it says, you are of the father, the devil, and he desires of your father you want to do. Excuse me. You are of your father, the devil, and the desires of your father you want to do. He was a murderer from the beginning and does not stand in the truth because there is no truth in him. When he speaks, he speaks a lie. He speaks from his own resources for he is a liar and the father of it. There it is again, the devil. He's a slanderer, telling lies, okay? Spreading gossip, spreading rumors, stuff that isn't true. These are the characteristics of the devil. And so if you have these type of characteristics, you need to pray and you need to ask God to remove them from you because we want characteristics of Jesus Christ and not characteristics of the enemy. Look at Ephesians 4, 25 through 31, as we continue to look at the different characteristics. It says, we are part of the same body. Watch this. These are characteristics and natures of Satan. It says, stop lying and start telling the truth. Start telling each other the truth. Don't get so angry that you sin. Don't go to bed angry. And don't give the devil a chance. Don't give the devil a chance. With all these different characteristics, don't give the devil a chance. This is the nature of Satan. Again, remember I told you, the nature, then his name. Name, then the nature as well as the characteristics. So Satan has all this kind of stuff. Uh, verse 28 says, if you are a thief, quit stealing. Be honest and work hard. So you will have something to give to people in need. Stop all your dirty talk. Say the right thing at the right time and help others by what you say. Don't make God's spirit sad. I believe the King James verse said, don't grieve the spirit. The spirit makes you sure that someday you will be free from your sin. Satan don't want you free from your sin. That's why he's lying to you. Stop being bitter and angry and mad at others. Again, that's, that's the tears being sold. That's discord. That's, that's dysfunction. Um, that's uh, division. Don't yell at one another or curse each other or even be rude. Instead, be kind and merciful and forgive others just as God forgave you because of Christ. Okay? And here we are receiving these type of instructions from the Apostle Paul. And, he, and here he is laying out the, the characteristics of Satan, or excuse me, the characteristics of the, dev, of the devil, because that is his other name as well as um, his characteristics. Ephesians 6 and 10. Look at this. It says a final word. 
Ephesians 16, verse uh, 10 through 11, says a final word. He says, be strong in the Lord, in his mighty power. Put on God's armor so that you will be able to stand firm against, watch this, all of the strategies of the devil, meaning wiles, which means tricks, evil schemes, all of the devil's plans. So you, you guys do know that the devil has plans to destroy you, right? You do know that it is in in the devil's uh uh in his nature in his makeup now that he's a fallen angel to to destroy you to get you to turn your back on God. That's his. I mean, I've shown you in scripture. Okay, write these scriptures down so that you can refer back to them and know what the enemy is doing to attack you, how the enemy attacks, why the enemy attacks, and why the enemy is who he is. Again, a very, fall, a very great fallen angel had a very high position, but because of pride that was fought in his heart, he was cast out of heaven. And now that he's been cast out of heaven, he is reaping, he is uh, sowing all kind of discord, all kind of dysfunctionality in the earth. Division being sowed in the earth. But I got good news for you, my brothers and my sisters. Amen. Jesus took, it all, took on everything Watch this inscription. <laughs> Look at this inscription. This is good. I got excited when I read this. Look at this. Hebrews 2, 14 through 18. It says, we are people, flesh and blood. This is why Jesus became one of us. He died to destroy the devil. Jesus died to destroy the devil. Remember what I was telling you a while ago before I got all tongue-tied and before I got all excited and I said, let me slow down because I don't want to talk too much. I don't want to tell too much. Jesus came on the scene, folks, to destroy the devil. He came on the scene to be our lawyer, our advocate, our intercessor. Jesus, folks, Jesus came to destroy Satan. Why did he come to destroy Satan? He died to destroy the devil who had power over death. But he also died to what? Rescue us. <laughs> Jesus died to rescue us, okay, from the hand of the enemy. All of you who live each day in fear of dying, you no longer have to live in fear anymore. Why? Because Jesus died. Jesus died so you don't have to live in fear anymore. The devil wants you to live in fear about dying in your sins. That's why he wants you to sin. He wants you to curse God and die. But when the devil can't get you to sin against God, he moves on. When, Je when Jesus was tempted by the devil, the Bible says that he left Jesus for a season. So Satan is going to come back around. But in that season, you got to remain faithful. You got to remain steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. For you know that your labor is not in vain. Keep fasting. Keep praying. Whoa, good God. I thank Jesus. I thank you, God, because you allowed Satan to be destroyed. And you, excuse me, you allowed Jesus to destroy the devil. I got to read all this. He says, he had to be one of us so he could serve God as our merciful and faithful high priest and sacrifice himself for the forgiveness of our sins. And because we are forgiven of our sins, we have, we have, Jesus was the ultimate sacrifice. And so he took on the sins and the cares of this world. He took it on. So Satan can no longer hold your past again. Satan cannot hold your past against you. 
Don't let the devil hold your past against you. Why? Because Jesus, he died on the cross. Jesus, he died on the cross. They stretched him wide and they hung him high. Jesus took upon all the sins of the world. And so you, my brother, you, my sister, you don't have to live in the past and you don't have to live in fear because Jesus, he died for you. He took on every sin of the world so that we can live in righteous standing with him. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Mm. Remember, he wants you to sin against God. He wants you to sin against God. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. And my last scripture on tonight. Mm. Revelations 12 and 10. Notice what it says. Then I heard a loud voice shouting across the heaven. This is John talking. It came at last, salvation and power, and the kingdom of our God, and the authority of his Christ, for the accuser of our brothers and our sisters, oh God, I'm getting emotional, has been thrown down to earth. The one who accuses them before God day and night. Mm. Satan, the one who accuses us against one another, has been thrown down to the earth and has been cast out of heaven. Woo, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Satan wants to destroy you. Satan wants to cause all kind of hell in your life. But I come by to declare on tonight, Satan has to flee according to the word of God. It says, submit unto God and resist the devil and he shall flee from you. You got to submit to God and the devil will resist. Excuse me. You got to submit unto God and resist the devil and he shall flee from you. Shall connote that there is a promise. You got to be bold and brave in this season, my, my brothers and my sisters. Hallelujah. Whoa, thank you, Jesus. I am so elated on tonight that you joined with me on tonight uh, for part three of this lesson, uh, the uncovering of Satan. Join with me next week as we talk about the serpent, the name serpent and its characteristics, as well as the dragon. And hopefully we'll be able to get to Beelzebub. But let us say a quick prayer. Father God, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for this night. We thank you for this teaching. I pray now, Lord God, that your power and your hand will be upon your people, be upon every saint, Lord God, be upon every man, be upon every woman, be upon every boy and every girl. Lord God, I pray, Lord God, that the hand of Satan will not, will not be upon them in the name of Jesus. Father, I pray, Lord God, that every attack of the enemy, Lord God, that he comes to steal, kill, and destroy. Father God, I pray that Satan will be cast down and destroyed in the name of Jesus, for he has no authority and he has no dominion over your children and he has no dominion or power over your people. God, protect your people just as you have protected Job. God, allow your people, Lord God, to realize that you have been, that you are an advocate unto them, that you sent your son, Jesus Christ, to die on the cross for our sins so that Satan can no longer hold our sins against us because you, oh Lord God, took on our sins and you took on death and you took on grace and you conquered it. And because you conquered it, Lord God, we can live life and have that more abundantly. And so, Father God, I pray for your protection for those that are watching now and for those that are watching later. Father, I pray, Lord God, that they have learned something, that they receive this word, that it is indeed a word from the Lord. And Father, we thank you and we give you all the glory, honor, and all the praise on this day. And it's in your son Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. God bless you, my brothers and my sisters. And until next time on the Kingdom Rock Network, I will see you 
again. God bless you. Well, we pray that you were blessed and encouraged by today's message. Don't forget, you can connect with us at our website at kingdomrock.org. It's there that you can hear today's message as well as the entire series. So check it out today. Until next time, remember that Jesus loves you and so do we. Choose him as your Lord today. Only he can make a way. We'll see you on the next time.